Hey there, Brandon here. Just a quick heads up that this is a live episode I recorded with no SSHJJ at the That Conference. We interview the founder of the That Conference and then have a discussion of Broadcom acquiring VMware. I know the audio is not perfect, so I appreciate your patience. It was great to be out and meet a few listeners in person, and I hope we can do some more of this in the future. And with that, on with the show. All right, everyone, welcome to a very special live recording of Software Defined Talk. We are at that conference in our hometown, sort of hometown, Round Rock, a little bit north of where we really live. So, uh, JJ, for those listening at home, they're not watching the live stream, why don't you quickly describe the hotel we're at? What is is the first thing you think of when you think of this hotel? So, um, as an astronaut, I I saw this this place being built up. It's across a place called um, the Dell Diamond. And it's called Kalahari Resort and Conference Convention, Convention Center. Correct. Thank you. And um, it is a safari themed um, resort, which has always kind of confused me. Right. And Let's go over what's here. Yes. An indoor water park. Yes. That's gigantic, right? With huge yep. uh, water slides. Mm-hmm. Outdoor pools. Yep. Right. A giant arcade called Tom Foolery. That's right. Right. Uh, giraffes are everywhere. Yes. Right? And gorillas. And elephants, elephants. Gorillas. And we're sitting on a stage of trees. It's true. Right? That is true. We've got so, a fire, fire, uh, fire pit right uh, over there. Yes. And it's been fantastic. But we're here, and the reason we're here at this, we're at the That Conference. So I want to uh, let Clark and Brett, why don't you quickly introduce yourselves? Sure. Um, so my name is Clark Sell. I'm the founder of That Conference. This We started this back in 2010. Um, we've done 11, or this will be our 11th event in Wisconsin. So we do this also at the Kalahari in Wisconsin. And this is our first time here in Texas. Uh, software engineer by day, dad. I would husband, say passionate organizer passionate of, uh, of conferences and all things people. Yes, that's what I would say. All things find. people. And Brett, what do you, what are you, what's your part in all of this uh, craziness? Uh, so I started volunteering for, with that conference in 2014, and right. um, as of 2019, came on as. The employee of that conference and the employee, employee do, nice. do a That's lot right. of coding, do a lot of operations, and a whole lot of fun. What well, it is? It's been a fantastic you know, <laughs> few days out here. It's really been pretty unique. I've not yeah. been to anything quite like this. I don't know, JJ. How would you describe it? A little bit DevOps, a little bit camp, Absolutely. a little bit uh, rock and roll. I don't know. <laughs> how would you? What would you say? Actually, that's a great way of putting it together. Um, I've been to a lot of DevOps days around the world, and I feel that this community and that community needs to come together because there yeah, is an amazing Venn diagram of an intersection of these, the same people want to be in the same places and yeah. we need to, we need to help bridge that gap. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's going to be our goal is mm-hmm. next year. If, if they come back to Austin or even in Wisconsin late this summer, yeah. uh, Austin next year in January, we would like to see maybe Martin a lot Luther of King week. a lot of the DevOps uh, community in Austin should represent. I think this is, it's got it's got the same kind of vibe. So Call for speakers opens in four days. Oh, there you go. All right. <laughs> well, Clark, well, tell us like what is the story behind this? So I know you've been doing it in Wisconsin. You said yeah. for for ten years, and you have you know tremendous passion. If there's anything I'm taking away this week, you have tremendous passion for this. So, what prompted you to start this? And more importantly, what what has kept you going for ten years doing this? So the the inspiration really was the fact that. At the time, I had been speaking all over the United States, and certain cities had a certain, like, community about them, right? Mm-hmm. I historically have been, you know, my the community I grew up in was kind of my, you know, family, if you will. And in Chicago, everything was really kind of splintered. So if you think of the upper Midwest, you have Chicago, you have, you have people live in Chicago, outside of Chicago, and they don't want to kind of 
Nobody wants to go into the city. Nobody wants to go to the burbs. But then you also have Milwaukee and Madison and Green Bay and the Twin Cities. And they're all within a few hours. But there was never any intersection between all of those things. And then you would have the Microsoft community and the open source community and the JavaScript community and this and that. And then there was never any intersection between all those. So we had all these things that were going on and there was no thread of anything. Mm -hmm. And so my goal was to say, well, let's build a community across all of these things, but also your family should be represented so you could be your whole you. If you want to change the gender demographic, I'm not the firmest believer that I'm going to convince a 40-year-old to say, you should switch and then go do this, right? But if we don't create exposure at a younger age, there's no opportunity, right? They haven't even put in their mind that this would be an opportunity for them longer term. Yeah. So let's get the family involved. Let you meet, you know, your spouses and your kids. Um, we've always been a family first event in 2019. We had 1,800 folks, 1,100 professionals, 350 kids, 300 spouses. So, you know, it's a big yeah. piece of who we are. I think we should are, mention, like, you know, are. there's a whole track here for kids, That's for right. families. I already mentioned there's, like, a water park. My son was at the water park uh, this past weekend, loved it. So there's sort of, like, a little bit of everything going yeah. on all the time. So when I think some people say family, like, this is truly very family. There's Rubik's Cubes, yeah, I mean, there's puzzles, there's, mm-hmm. there's right now, some there's stuff going on. Right now there's a speaking, I'm pointing to the session room behind us, it looks pretty packed. She yeah. started speaking as a kid 10 years or eight years ago. She mm-hmm. saw somebody speak and go, I, I want to do that. Nice. So we coached her. She started speaking. Now, and that was on the family side of things. Now she's a s- sophomore, either a freshman or sophomore in college. Sophomore. Sophomore. And now she's got a professional session. Yeah. There and she's, go. she's going to school to be a librarian, right? And her room is packed. Yeah, no, it's it's amazing. So definitely anyone, you should check it out. So one of the things I made a note of here was the keynotes. These keynotes um, have been unusual. Like I've not seen kind of keynotes yes. quite <laughs> like this. Like uh, I think, JJ, I think we go to, all of us go to lots of conferences. And, uh, you know, we see a lot of, like, tech executives and blue blazers and, you know, very polished slides. Yeah, you always, like, dark jeans, yep. the blue blazer, the T-shirt, but they don't feel comfortable in the T-shirt. You know, we all know the drill, right? And then they're talking about some new product or service, which sometimes is exciting, sometimes isn't. That has not been the case here. There's nope. not been, uh, there's been no blue blazers on this, <laughs> nope. at least during the keynotes. So Shorts, shorts are acceptable. Shorts are, yeah. yeah that, well, I, yeah, there's, shorts are definitely acceptable for sure. So I, I guess I, I wrote them down. I, I would say there was a hip-hop keynote this morning, yep. right? Very unusual. Definitely not seen anything <laughs> like that. Um, and then I was going to say yesterday, it was like a, I'm going to call it like a work-life balance, yep. kind of like yep. something like that. And then on um, uh, the first one, we kind of saw like a, a, the journey of uh, a person into developer relations yep. and, and her story. So, you know, I, I'd say pretty different. But, like, you've taken a lot of time to, like, select these keynotes. So, so when you're thinking about putting together the keynotes, like, how do you make these decisions? Like, why did you pick these three people for this keynote? So when I think about our time here, I think about behaviors. I think our, our focus on stage, when you have all these people sitting out there, you, the stage inevitably commands some attention and some authority, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, nobody needs another product pitch. Nobody who comes and speaks here or has an involvement should be doing anything that they can Google. If you can Google it, then the value of your presence here is useless. Mm. But... Being on stage, you have an opportunity to recenter people back to why they were passionate about why they're here in the first place, right? We get so mired down in the work and product releases and 
production problems and this, that, and the other, and sometimes lose our own kind of self-worth of what got us excited in the first place. So for us, it's about recentering, but it's also an opportunity for me to get people to think outside of the box, right? How many, how many opportunities are you going to have somebody who is deep into hip-hop, a journalist, a blogger, understands tech, and is a DJ, yeah. right? Who is deep into these communities that has seen firsthand the things that have happened there to an audience who, you know, quite diverse in this case, uh, ge geograph ge geography. Um, words. Words are hard. <laughs> so hard. Um, so, you know, sometimes the things just kind of fall out. I always want people to speak about what they're passionate about. We try to theme the keynotes around a certain subject, if you will. And this was the journey of, you know, how to invest in your invest in others by investing in yourself, keeping healthy, and then looking outside of where you're at. Um, and then, you know, when you think about open spaces, that's an unstructured conversation the rooms right now, they're structured conversations. Mm -hmm. Like all these things should interrelate and work together from a kind of a time together. And so. Right. Well, you mentioned like you know, conference sessions, uh, speakers' uh, proposals are going to be out here pretty soon in June. Yeah. So, so for those listening, you know, kind of give them, you know, you want to come and if I want to, maybe I'm not going to do a keynote, but I want to, you know, propose a session. Like, what are you specifically looking for that's maybe kind of different? or that someone should be thinking about. When they write it up, they want to be accepted, they want to be here uh, in the water park with us next year, riding the slides with JJ. Yeah. And what's <laughs> going to get them accepted? And like more importantly, what do you think this community wants to see when they see a session? So historically speaking, we've always done a, a vote. Now, the last couple of years we haven't, due to us getting this new platform up and running. But I tell folks, get involved in Slack, ask your peers, but first... Figure out what you're passionate about, mm -hmm. then write something up, and then share it a bit. I, it's very easy to see when people start to hide behind buzzwords. I want to give a this of this tool with this product mm -hmm. and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And it's right. like, you can Google that. If, you're, if your answer on every sentence is, I can Google that, then you have to ask yourself, why are you the one that was given the microphone to command somebody's attention? So the topic for us doesn't really matter, right? We're the intersection of everything geek. Mm -hmm. But if your passion, if your, if your self-value doesn't come through, then why would somebody want to watch it, right? So it's the unique pieces. It's the war stories. It's the real life. It's the twist of how something works. It's the stuff that you would typically say in the hallway, mm -hmm. right? But put some thought into it so that you can teach others. So kind of that. bring the hallway track to your session, totally. right? And then bring questions. Brett, it's how how I became a speaker as, yeah, a, so, as a kid. Yeah, no, Go I'm ahead. saying for for this woman who's over here, I keep uh -huh. pointing over you. I'm, I'm sorry, but <laughs> I mean, she's speaking now. It's something unique, right? It's yeah. her experience of growing up and learning how to speak. This is on speaking, so she's now sharing those experiences with people. How she got started, how she got over those hurdles, right? And so, so that's you know. So what I'm hearing is you're looking for authenticity. You're oh, looking, yeah, you're, right. you're looking yeah. for the real person to be yeah. on stage and, yeah. and tell that story, yeah. which is exactly what we need in, yeah. in this industry right now. I mean, we're, we don't, I don't search out, like, big-name speakers to do any of that. We have an open call and invite the community to submit and then tell everybody, like, come. We, will, we have a, every Friday, like, you want help? Come join us up on that at us, and we'll have a session to figure out how to help you and tease out an idea and nice. refactor it and go from there. So, 
Well, I think, you know, the thing that I see is, like, people are generally, you know, intimidated, right? They, totally. I think most people have things to say but are generally intimidated to, like, want to say. So I would say this is about as, you know, this is about as family, or mm-hmm. not even family, this is about the most friendly conferences I've been to. So this is a good, like, if you're feeling like a little intimidated, maybe you're not ready to uh, go on stage and uh, speak at AWS and, <laughs> you know, and, you know, get lots of questions. Yeah. Like, you know, maybe, like, I think you, I think you would find a lot of support here. So anyone, anyone who's thinking at home, that maybe, ah, I don't want to speak, or I, I'm a little intimidated. This is probably a good place to come try. And, I, and I, I, I think sometimes we put a lot of emphasis on being a speaker and not enough emphasis on being a participant, mm-hmm. right? Because there are very few speakers. Every year, hundreds of people get turned away. Mm-hmm. Right. And they go, well, I'm not good enough. And it's like, no, it's just not right at the moment. You could, could be the best thing ever, but it just didn't work this time. But there's more attendees, or as we call them, campers, than there are speakers. And so us having things like open spaces is that opportunity to get involved and speak differently without necessarily some of the formality Mm -hmm. to it. And those who have the butterflies and need help, I think the thing that I find the hardest is people don't necessarily believe that we generally want to help people. I don't care if you even want to speak at our conference. Like, if you would like some help from people who have spent a decade of looking through abstracts and working with speakers and whatnot, ask, like, I'll happily share mm-hmm. the, what really, you know, how this thing really works. Not, mm-hmm. I mean, this isn't some big secret, but like <laughs> how to be a speaker and put a thing yeah. together. And well, it's I think hard. Should, I was going to say, I think we should talk about a little bit like the whole, like, you know, it's, it really is a, a camp metaphor throughout, mm-hmm. right? So there's, you know. You did, um, I'm it, glad you noticed. And well, um, <laughs> obviously there's the trees, but for those who can't see at home, there's actually tents and that's sort of like used as part of the breakout rooms. And then, you know, like you were saying before, uh, we should mention like, you know, there are no speakers, so everyone's a counselor. So if you're yep. giving a session and, you know, maybe, and I was thinking about and that. that was intentional. Yeah, and I think, you know, a counselor, like a camp counselor, right? And we always think about a camp counselor is usually like leading a group through yep. some activity yep. and trying to make sure everybody's having like a good time. You a ticket. Uh, <laughs> and, and so I think that's a big part of the vibe here, right? Is that like, yeah, like, you know, think of like each one of these breakouts as more like you're leading the activity and the goal is for everyone to like learn something, have fun, share uh, something. Just like, you know, I don't know, I haven't been to camp in a while, but like, you know, when you send yeah. your kids off to camp, it's yeah. kind of the same idea, yeah. right? It's, it's interesting you picked up on that. I mean, words are hard and they have obviously deep meaning and connotations on things and Part of the reason that we chose the counselors for all those things that you said, but also not to come with the entitlement of the speaker. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't do the speaker dinner, right? We did a barbecue. Yep. And the barbecue's for everybody. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we all are the same people. It's just she happens to be speaking right now, and I happen to be speaking, and you're speaking, and they're listening, but they're all of the same. Mm-hmm. We're all of equal too. value, exactly. right? Yeah. So we don't. There doesn't need to be a hierarchical sense of I'm special, I got a special dinner. We'd rather just the family get around and eat some barbecue and share mm-hmm. stories. Excellent. All right, now, Brett, so you're sort of, you know, you have a kind of unique story here. You started, what, volunteering at Wisconsin, in the Wisconsin that? Is that how you got involved? Yeah, so in fall of 2013, I went to this meetup in Lake County somewhere, and Clark was speaking, and uh-huh. I chatted a little bit with him online or whatever, and we went to the bar afterwards, which is really where the meetup right. yep. you know, really happens. Really right. happens, right? We just started talking, and you know, and I got more interested, and um, I think we kind of thought the same about a few things. I think some of our core was right, and he's he's like, yeah, come on and join us. We were having regular Friday meetings at the time, and I just 
started getting. He never involved. left. Yeah, I could never get him to leave. And then at some point, he's tired. He's pushed, and I just keep coming back. And so now it's your full time job, right? You've been doing this what? How many years? A couple years? Three years? Since full time? Yeah, full time. Twenty nineteen. So okay. I, I left my cushy corporate job in <laughs> right. November of 2019 um, to go with the start this crazy startup right. and uh, <laughs> to try to make this more and uh-huh. to see this vision more. And, so uh, what was that? Right, it, right smack dab into a pandemic. Well, I was going to say, that's a huge, I mean, you know. <laughs> Clark, shit show. Can we swear on this podcast? Well, now we can. Okay, uh, good. I, I was going to say, that's show. That's fine. Right. We're, we're good. Um, but I was going to say, like, you know, that's a huge uh, risk too, right? Because you, know, you just, like, just kind of said, so like, what was, like, what, you know, people always, you know, what's the thing to like take the leap? So you're at your cushy corporate job. Clark has got this crazy camp thing going, right? right. And he's like, all right, and you've experienced it, so you're in. Yeah, and you're I mean, like, but when you actually like, okay, did you have to talk to your family? Where you're like, Clark, do you really have money? Like, what was, <laughs> what was the process to make yeah, that decision? All of those things. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, it was, so it was six years, you know, that I had been involved right? and heavily involved. It was, it's so many, so many years, it was just him and I loading the truck up before, you know, and driving up there and unloading and, you know, we, we, we drive the U-Haul truck up ourselves and yep. load it and unload mm-hmm. it and stuff, you know. And, and, and four or five years ago, uh, Clark and Carrie, Carrie's his wife, the, uh, the other founder, um, they decided they wanted to go all in. You know, they got, got to that point where it was like, what are we, you know, are we going to do with the show? Is it going to kind of fade away or do we want to go full in and make it the vision we wanted to? And we wanted to go full in. Um, I... I thought that was great, and he, they, they were working out how they can pay somebody. Right. And, and you made he, the leap? And he said, you know, we'd really like to have you. You know, I was like, was it, you know, he thought I was a good fit. So talked to my wife. You know, I told her, you know, well, you know things may not be the same. You know, right. It's, it's not yeah. the corporate thing. We just, I mean, I, I'm super happy. I love it. I love the startup life. I wanted to work from home. Him and I think the same about a lot of things. Right. Um, the way we approach software development and just the way we yeah, and I think maybe you should design, talk about design ideas. Talk about the online. There's like that. That us is the whole um, website it's community. Yep. Um, so yeah. anybody that wants to can go out there. They can all register. There's like I don't a bunch of different you know subject areas that people are covering. There's a Slack right. So there's mm-hmm. a huge online community to check that out. And that's actually how uh, we got in touch right through right. I guess so software defined talk Slack. Slack right. So I was gonna say so if you want to talk to Brett you can find him in you can find Brett in every Slack on the internet is what I found right <laughs> he's uh, just joined no, no, a Slack. I'm gonna need you to get out of uh, one of those because <laughs> that's gonna tear your machine down. Uh, no but certainly in the software defined talk Slack <laughs> or the that Slack so um, so that's great. Well what do you what's the big takeaway before we kind of get on to another subject here like is there any like you know you I think both of you were sort of like, what, te- what is Texas all about? I feel like I got that vibe coming in. Right. Like, so, so maybe give us, uh, from your Wisconsin perspective, like, how is this Texas event you know, different? Does it stick out geographically as different, or has anything jumped out as a lot different than what you do in Wisconsin? You know, I, I don't think we can answer that yet. And here's why it's, I'll say that. We've been very intentional to try not to bleed Wisconsin here, meaning... What happens in, it's going to sound so Vegas, but what happens in Wisconsin stays in Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. But, like, that is its own culture and community and thing that happens there, Mm -hmm. right? It's like a family reunion. That's one set of family. This is another family reunion. And um, while some of this spirit is brought down, you know, we have a, a Texas flag. There's not a Wisconsin flag. I mean, it's just ugly. So, it, it like, it's, that'll never be there. 
but that flag will also never be up there. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm excited to see how kind of the next few years goes. I think it was an incredible start. I mean, I love the South. I love it down here. Um, I've had family down here. Uh, but I don't think we can answer that question for a couple of years. Yeah, well, that's fair. Uh, so I like, you know, I think you did a good job on the logo there, right? With the, uh, the Texas flag, you know, because cause it's JJ. It's our native Texan here, that's true. right? Well, He's not technically native. Well, close, close enough. Close you know, enough. We know that's the best we have right now. <laughs> yeah. So because uh, Cote's not here and uh, Matt. But uh, I was going to say, you know, Texas likes to likes to do its own thing, right? right? I think we could say that, right? Texas that's likes to always be its own thing. That's very true. So I will uh, say, I will say that one one thing. I did hear some people commenting in a circle. Um, they are not from here, and one of the things they were very shocked about Texas was our storms because we had a massive yeah. storm yeah. come through yeah. um, a couple days ago, and they were saying that. Your lightning was blue. Yeah, I, I was watching it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's a very Texas thing too. Yeah. And I heard, I heard. At least I, I know at my house we lost power. Someone said the hotel briefly lost power, and it's like that is unfortunately that's a Texan that's thing a very too. Texas so thing. it's like uh, you know we, we've all gotten used to that well, now. It's like uh, I hear that problem's been solved outside of Texas, but y'all mm. want your own grid. That's fighting words. Those are fighting. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah. And unfortunately. We can't connect to the grid, but we'll leave that for another another day. Another day. So, <laughs> all right. Well, uh, if they where should they go? That dot us. If they want to join the community, if you want and to then, see the events, you just go to thatconference.com. And then sign up. You guys are coming back here in January, and yep. you're going to be in Wisconsin July in July and so January and July. Tickets available for Wisconsin, I assume. Yep. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. And tickets will be available for next year for this. Probably soon. very soon. And we so, do have call for speakers open call for, for speakers. Um, Texas, Texas in January. And who knows? Maybe Brett will give us another secret discount code. We'll hey. see. Maybe for next year. We'll <laughs> see. Maybe we'll try to make it simpler so there's not like three, four of them or whatever. <laughs> hey, man, you give me codes, I publish them. So, but yeah, but at some point, when it's, some point when it's half what the page, kind of codes? I was like, I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of codes here, Brett, but whatever. <laughs> it'll, it'll work out. So. Um, all right. Well, there was some other news this week, yes. and I think it was a great time. So I was, I was wondering, I was like, well, what else can we talk about? Well, it looks like we can talk about the largest or one of the largest technology acquisitions yep. uh, ever. ever. So, really? Yes. Yeah. So VMware, as of this morning, uh, has uh, agreed to be acquired by Broadcom. Broadcom. Uh, for uh, $61 billion. That was 66. Um, oh, yeah. Well, just, don't contradict me. That's my <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and <laughs> as I wrote down, <laughs> it said um, that would be a 44% premium over where they were trading on May 20th, which was just a few days ago. So... I don't get that. I'm, yeah. I'm pretty shocked. Like, I have to say I'm pretty shocked. I'm not surprised. So, uh, as a quick recap, everybody probably knows, but VMware was finally spun out mm -hmm. as its own public entity after, like, incredibly long, <laughs> uh, very complicated structure exactly. being part of Dell and EMC mm -hmm. that, frankly, I don't totally understand. So we all kind of knew that VMware would become an acquisition target, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and I had made several predictions of if he would buy them. Broadcom, not even in my top nope. 1,000 uh, <laughs> companies, I would have guessed. So, JJ, immediate reaction. What do you think of this? This is bonkers. This is the only word. Don, I we should just end the podcast right now. <laughs> yeah, I was bonkers. like, but, but please elaborate. Go. So, simply said, VMware was, is the way the virtualization does in the enterprise. Broadcom, what do they make? They made that B1000 chip that we all had to deal with uh, the, what is it, the... the Modems. The, the modems, yeah. or the, the NICs, right? Yeah. And also if you get your Linux kernel compiled properly, yeah. you have to put that one in. That's what Broadcom does. If they have the liquidity of $66 billion to go buy VMware, well, and it, what are we missing? Well, and isn't Broadcom, aren't they the Wi-Fi chips or the cellular chips in some of the Oh, phones? maybe. Maybe. I believe so. Yeah. Yes. 
But it's just like also uh, in reading an article about this this morning, Broadcom also owns CA Technologies and Symantec. Oh, and right. Symantec. Yeah, so like that's I a quick, no idea. A quick update. So as part of the acquisition, what's going to happen is CA and yeah. Symantec are going to roll into, that, that's now known as the Broadcom Software Group. And that really? is now going to all roll in, and they're going to become the VMware. They're all going to go under VMware. So, so they're CA gonna take, they're gonna take, is going to be in there. Uh, they're going to take Symantec and try to make it part of VM. Well, they're going to at least brand it. I don't yeah. know, like you know, like how much integration I'm, happens. I'm just trying to think that there's somebody <laughs> smart and is thinking, well, I'm going to take this security product and I'm going to bake it in here because that's probably dying mm -hmm. to some degree. Put it in uh, VMware, but, and then I'm going to take all the CA people and make them enterprise consultants to mm -hmm. but what, what, turn knobs. Well, okay. First of all, before I lose this thought, I want to say this out loud, and I, this this might be confrontational, but I don't think this would have ever happened if Pat was still at VMware. Right, the mm -hmm. former CEO, CEO that, out and, he, uh, and he went over to Intel. Yes, he right? did. Yes, I mean, uh, and got paid a lot of money. He got Intel. paid a lot of money. So <laughs> he is now. Did he get blue. paid sixty-six billion dollars? Uh, not quite that much, but a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, let's come back to. I guess what do you? So in the end, right? Like, is this? I looked it up beforehand. So Michael Dell owned forty percent of yes. VMware before this, and then Silver Lake, who was the, um, I guess the private equity firm yes. he's been working with for years own 10%, right? So they mm -hmm. really, ultimately, it's their decision, right? It's like the two of them are basically 50%, mm -hmm. and then I think most of the other smaller shareholders will go along with what they decide. So is it a case of just so like, you know, uh, I'm going to make you an offer you can't refuse? <laughs> like, is 44% premium? Like, mm -hmm. um, I don't know, what do you think, Brett? Is a 44% premium on top of, w would you have taken it? Do you think that's a good deal? I think it's crazy. I don't understand evaluations as it is. <laughs> this is just, this mm -hmm. is bonkers, as you said. <laughs> the, the, um, like, so our industry, our enterprise industry, as much as people wouldn't want to say it out loud, VMware is the staple, right, of virtualization. It was the generational bridge between bare metal to the world we live in now with the cloud, cloud ecosystem. We had to have VMware. VMware understood. They started bringing the Tanzu stuff. They mm -hmm. started trying to play in the space, yeah. right? And they're, they're trying to move forward. But for a networking company to come along yeah. and be able to purchase, it's, it's a weird, like, maybe they're thinking they can use, well, ESXi just recently got um, ARM support. So now you can run their virtualization, like, on Raspberry Pis, right? Which, for, I don't know why you'd want to do that, but sure, let's just say it's right. possible. So maybe they're thinking about running cloud native on the edge. So I don't think so. I think, you're, I think you're thinking of it too much like a technologist, too yeah. logically. I think like, I don't think there's anything other than this is a great way to I, you know we have capital and we want to buy a profitable business that's outside of chips, right? That okay. is ultimately just going to be. Um, you know, something that throws off cash. Because I did look up... But that's right a lot of cash to It's get a back. lot of cash. All right, so here's a quick uh, little fact. I, I, I got up this before. When they bought CA, um, the estimates were they basically reduced the, you know, the cost of running CA, which is mostly people, I think. Yeah. Like something, somewhere on the order of about 70%. So, so that's a, a significant... Wow. Uh, and then what that's... And what they're trying to do, it looks like they're trying to add uh, $8.5 of basically you know, profit or earnings. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, that's what they've announced in here, right? You know, EBITDA, we won't try to define <laughs> that here. But uh, so, so if you look at what they've done, and if you think it's going forward, uh, you know, to me, they're treating it very much like a legacy business. It's like there's a lot of potential cost savings here, yeah. right? And they can essentially throw off a ton of cash if they 
if they implement those cost reductions. So that, to me, that's what is both shocking and a little sad, right? Like why, because um, I just feel like VMware does so much. Brandon, the back <laughs> of the napkin math, right? Uh -huh. Like whatever you invest in, when you acquire yes. a company, mm -hmm. you expect some return. Yes. Some level of return. You're not going to throw $66 billion into a, a, a trash can and be like, hey, I don't know. that's if great. Maybe if you're Elon Musk, but continue yeah, okay, on. Sure. Uh -huh. Well, point taken. Um, so you want some investment back. And I mean, I've heard somewhere back in my um, college days, we talk about accounting. When you buy a company, you want three times return over the next like three years, right? You want to, you know, I can expect to break even like the first year. It's unrealistic. But right. over three years, you want to yeah. at least have your money back of what you have so you right. can start working on profit, right? So that means they're expecting to do 66 times three. Or no, you're supposed to be expecting to make $66 million, billion, billion dollars mm. back in three years. That's, there was yeah, that 22 billion. Well, revenue growth I mean, of 40%. Yeah, so. That, that's, like that, that, that. No. No. Yeah, no <laughs> this this do. doesn't make sense. Oh, well, this takes me to the next thing. So, okay, so the, in the provisions of the deal, mm -hmm. it says they, they are allowed to go shop. So, you can go, basically, if someone can call them and, you know, make a better offer, you know, uh, they can do it. So. If you're at AWS, mm -hmm. Azure, or GCP, or some other companies, like, what do you think? Are the investment bankers like cranking up the spreadsheets to send in offers, or do you think they're just like, it's fine? You know, we don't, we don't want to, we don't want to bid on this one. I would say it's fine. You think, think it's I'd fine? Be shocked. Be shocked if anyone gets involved. Anyone else? Uh, there's a company that I might work for that I could see thinking about it. Really? Yeah, because we sell a lot of it, mm -hmm. and and but I mean that's a lot of money. I mean, because you have to pay, pay on top of that. And we, right. we already spent $35 billion on, on Red, Red Hat. Hat. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I don't see AWS doing it because it, do, like, it doesn't make any sense because AWS, they, don't, they just have ways to transfer. Same as with G Google. Right. have a way to transfer VDIs from VMware into... A lot of migrations. Yeah, yeah, a lot right. of migrations. Anyone has help with that, needs help with that, please contact me. There you go. Yes. I like it. I like it. Uh -huh. um, nice plug. Um, but... <laughs> Like in general, like, like it doesn't like you don't need the the technology again was a stepping stone to what we are today, right? And it doesn't make like unless you're planning. All right, on well, what about Brett? Banks? Brett, you look like you have a lot of money on there. Are you are you making a bid? Do you think one of these other companies or any company, even something I didn't mention, should they get involved and try to to make a bid for VMware? No. <laughs> no, no, one, no one's, uh, you know. No. Well, I guess, you know, it's I'm a good sign that I'm you got the right price. I'm surprised VMware is doing as well as they are. I mean, at least they really are trying, yep. but as the structure around bare metal is kind of waned away and stuff, mm -hmm. and there's, you know, mm -hmm. but I guess there's always so do you think, too. So do you think banks, banks and governments right, still need this stuff. Right. So would you say this, is VMware a legacy business at this point? Because that would make them eligible to be able to sponsor a legacy I'd, I'd say, I'd say mm -hmm. yes. Yes, okay. Yes, uh -huh. but they're really struggling not to fall into that, that vortex of legacy. So maybe they're like being sucked <laughs> in. <laughs> they're being sucked they're, in, they're like right? The, what is that? But there's like a Tanzu person like trying to pull them out, but then there's a VMware ESX <laughs> server like pushing them in. Is <laughs> that the, what's the, going they're on? They're at the event horizon. Right yeah, it's like it could go either way. Like can they turn on the thrusters and get out? <laughs> we'll see. So, JJ, you time slows down at the event horizon. You had said banks and whatnot always... Yeah. They always need that kind of stuff, but I think they're they're becoming a legacy as well, and oh. that and that world is starting to change as yeah. we migrate online. So, you know, that that may be drying up yeah. as well as banks start to close down and start to that makes sense. to change their world. That's true. 
All right, well, let me make the case here, the quick case of, like, right. what VMware is. Because as, uh, as we're told at every conference other than the that conference, <laughs> it's early innings at cloud, right? No one has said, early, it's, hey, we're in the early innings of cloud. No one said that here, and I think it's been fantastic <laughs> not to have to hear that. But I just did. So That's I guess, I, so I, guess I, I ruined this conference. Yeah. Um, but, but not that conference. Um, hey. exactly, exactly. And so um, what I was going to say was it's um, when you think about going forward, like, the thing that I think is valuable about VMware, right, is that the workloads that all of the cloud providers mm -hmm. are competing over, whether it be GCP, Azure, AWS, IBM, or IBM whatever. Cloud. IBM Cloud, right? Um, are <laughs> almost... soon to be IBM... Uh, we'll see. We'll VM, see on that. VM Cloud. <laughs> VM cloud. But they, they <laughs> reside, for the most part, in VMware, That's right? True. So, you know, if you are a strategic uh, cloud provider and you want to, if you will, make it simpler to get those... VMs from where they are today into your cloud, yeah. I can see the argument, especially GCP. I yeah. can see GCP saying, it's like, we have this money and we really want to get all of, as many of these VMware mm -hmm. VMs out of the VMware into GCP. Yep. So, so that makes sense. Like, I could get mm -hmm. down to 66 billion if that was GCP saying it, but Broadcom? Yeah, Broadcom. I don't, unless there's some back alley thing trying to raise the price so that a GCP would try to go after that. The I articles know. that I read about it, like their their strategic purchasing with CA, Symantec, and VMware, like to to your point about the the weird shell, uh, shell game they're playing, there is an enterprise play there. Like I can see that coming together with Symantec being the standard. What like people? How many people have Norton still on their laptops because their company requires it? I know I do, yeah. Unfortunately. Right? So that still sorry. exists. Yeah. I'm so um, sorry for you. That's why I realize I'm talking to startup guys. <laughs> why do you think <laughs> I left the corporation? Yeah, too So you don't get our emails. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I got it. I got it. Um, and then, you know, CA being the, 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 uh, the, the consultant's front arm, and then VMware, if all of a sudden you're like, you have the, the virtualization stack, you run your Windows 2019 or whatever the version of it is now with semantic on it, now you're owning the technology stack, the, the underlying technology stack, you miss the operating system, but who cares, that's a commodity now, and now you have your software sitting inside of it, and now you write some .NET on top of it with your consultants, and boom, now you own that complete company stack. Like, I can see that play from Broadcom standpoint, mm -hmm. and then now you have, now you own the communication platform, because if it's on-premise, on you probably own that top of the, the rack switch, not to mention also the NICs inside of it. Like, all of a sudden, this company is giving them a fuck ton of money because that is what they built everything on. And it makes sense, and I can see it, but it's so weird. I don't know. It's a lot there. <laughs> I, I think I got lost halfway through. Like, in the middle of that stack, I was like, I was a little yeah. lost. So, but, I, you know, the one thing I think about VMware, though, is it, I, I look back as Mr. Opportunity, sort of like, it has really never had the opportunity to just stand on its own mm -hmm. and, like, win on its own because it was essentially bought by EMC yep. very early, part of the Dell craziness of that structure, right? Yep. Finally gets spun out, but still under the, I guess, the Dell control, mm -hmm. right? And, and so I just, to me, I think if I was at VMware, I would be making the case, like, why don't you give us three years mm. to be out here 
and mm. give us a runway to see what Tanzu mm-hmm. or something else does to see if we can grow from 66 billion to like whatever, yeah. right? Um, because it just feels so quick, right? They just you know, became their own company yep. in, you know, October, right? Yep. And here it is. And then, like, corporate time, that's, like, nothing, right? They're still, like, they barely, they barely got the new business cards, exactly. if you will, uh, <laughs> printed up. So, all right, well, you know, we're at the VAC conference, and, you know, we talked a lot about the people. So, I don't know, Brett, maybe we'll, if you work at VMware, if you're an employee, you're just a rank and file, what are you doing today? What's your, uh, your Thursday, Friday going to be like as you go into this Memorial Day weekend? Let me up. I got a five-day weekend. Resume. I got a five-day Everyone update resume, <laughs> working on LinkedIn. Like, yes. You, th- you, know, you, don't think, you don't think they're cranking up new slides for the new product yeah, strategy? Yeah. You think the morale went down a, a little bit? Change when the colors. colors. I will say, though, and I, I, it just, just spurred this memory of mine. I remember um, at VMworld a couple of years ago when VR was first taking off. They actually had a whole workshop where you would put a VR headset on and you would control your V center with in a virtual reality where you like pull the data the 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 the, the, okay. the, the, no. the thing out and then like reboot the computer through like this weird it was it was weird but did you do it did it work I mean it, I, I, I yeah, watched he, someone do he it he took down the whole data center <laughs> yeah right <laughs> he tri- literally tripped over the cord <laughs> exactly <laughs> it was just it was weird and it was it was fun and I was like hey that's 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 cool. Then Tony Hawk like walked by and I wanted to follow like, Well, I will say the best uh, virtual, that was not virtual reality. The best thing I've really seen where someone's combined that was that like when they took Doom mm. and like they made the Unix processes. Oh, yes. Like, that uh, was cool. The monsters, and yes. you could, to kill a process, you would just kill just them kill in it, yeah. Doom. Yep. So that was like, to me, that's still the, the high water yep. mark of like, you know, yeah. not virtual reality. <laughs> so but so maybe Broadcom does something very crazy next and gets like rec space. Oh. Add it to the mix. Oh, I like it. Ooh. This is a hot take, Brett. Keep going. All right. Actually, ooh, that's and, then, and then what happens? What? I don't know. And then, <laughs> this is all I got. So you have rack yeah, space. I this to go. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, we have seen a lot of deals. I guess it's just one of these things. That's the other thing. It's like, you know. Which I it, guess Rackspace does mostly consulting now, though. No, no. Well, Rackspace they have a lot of main services, too. No, no. They're, they're, they're PE, aren't they? Rackspace? No, they're public. Mm-hmm. They went public again? They're back again, what, yes. When did that happen? Uh, a few months ago. you got to oh. listen more to the show, man. I really it comes sure. It, it, it happens all the time. So. But they, they have been, hit their $67 billion. <laughs> yeah, right. But there has been rumors, because in their last earnings, they announced that they were, um, like, you know, the whole sum of the parts. They were basically mm-hmm. saying that, like, people had approached them yeah. about buying parts of their business. And so that's ongoing. And I guess, you know, part of the economic downturn is mm-hmm. always just, you know, bargain shopping. Yeah, you know, guess, people yeah. feel like if you have a lot of money, and it's time to go. What about Clark? What do you think? If you worked at VMware today, it's just an employee, just a rank and file employee. Update the resume, take the weekend off. Uh, I mean, I, take I think the long I'd have view. All Maybe these it doesn't same matter. Questions and mm-hmm. go. What's the future? Depending on where I sat in the organization, the mismatch between Broadcom and them, I'd go. I, I don't know. Like, what are we going to do? And mm-hmm. do we agree with it? Yeah. Because, Why are you here? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> For me, it just seems like a, a two different. We've seen Microsoft try to make hardware. Like the Zune was great, man. <laughs> Wait, sorry. <laughs> right, but like, uh, I'd have I'd have some funny feelings about it. But yeah. I'd have to stay around until my shares got bought out. So I would love well, it for the next very, year. That's and a half. very good point. I was gonna say, like, I mean, it's, I was thinking, like, winners. Like, yes. <laughs> maybe kind of just winners and losers here. Maybe if, if you guys got some talk. I guess my big winner, I think, obviously, Michael Dell. Mm-hmm. Right. That seems like this financial transaction. You know, it sounds like he can take as either as much cash or stock as he wants. So he. So I think what you know, Michael Dell seems to be able to do is sort of like just keep reselling mm-hmm. the same thing over and over. So I bet you he'll take like say half cash. 
and keep 20% yeah. or the other four, uh, 50% stock. And then in three years, we'll be having another conversation about how this got sold again yep. and he made another set of billions. Now, so huge he lives winner. close by. Very so close. Just saying sponsorship opportunities hey, are available. Sponsor, that's right. He's it also, seems like you got some extra cash. Yeah. <laughs> I also heard rumors that he's a huge Magic the Gathering player. If you oh, didn't know that. Okay. So if you maybe. have a little Magic the Gathering tournament, maybe you have him show maybe. up. Yeah. We are. Yeah. I saw them playing that Tuesday uh, Tuesday night at the game night. Nice. Right. So, well, nice. they should come. Well, we are very close to the Dell headquarters. I mean, I think yeah, it's just a few miles away. So I think obviously you know they're a big winner. I think VMware employees probably like big winner short term because yep. obviously if you have options, these are going to be worth whatever forty four percent more. So that's a great day for you. Maybe long term. You know, questionable outlook, right? Whether or not you're going to want to stay or not. Do, on your sheet, do you have what the Broadcom stock is right now? I do not have that. Oh. Believe it or not, I don't have the real time ticker. I don't know. Oh, if you, oh. you, I don't know <laughs> if, you, if you noticed, my Bloomberg is not right here right oh, now. Okay. So, all right, all right. But yeah, I was just impressed by the e ink you got going on. That's Thank right. You. Well, the other thing, the other winners, I do think. I think if you are AWS, yes. GCP, and Azure, I think you're winners because you're like, this is perfect. Mm -hmm. Put VMware over there. And they are all, you know, updating their migration proposals again. If you need any help, contact me. <laughs> uh, but I think that's just going to be another story. They say yep. it's like, hey, VMware's been bought by Broadcom. Yep. Why don't you think about moving those workloads to the public cloud? And exactly. I think they feel very relaxed that Which that's is where it is. Bad. I mean, they could get complacent, too. That's absolutely true. Yeah. So, uh, and then, of course, there's probably a bunch of sad investment bankers that didn't oh, yeah. get involved in this deal, <laughs> yeah. right? And the VMware investment banker has probably made more money oh, like, really? over the last 10 years than anyone else. He has bought and sold this company like five so different times. times. <laughs> I would like to see how many PowerPoint slides investment bankers have made for VMware. It's got to be insane. Do you think this will cause a set of disruption that will send it back a few years? Oh, that's a good as question. far as I think, you know, I think the Tanzu product line would mm -hmm. be the question mark because mm -hmm. that's their big pitch going forward. And I know that's, you know, an area that, you know, your world competes yep. a lot with. And so I think probably, you know, big winner here, moderate winner, OpenShift, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. OpenShift is kind of sitting there like, can always work with us. Exactly. Right? We're, true. we're already went through an acquisition. Right. We're already integrated, that's right? That's right. We so, are the enterprise offering for Kubernetes. So if you want to run your actual business on Kubernetes mm -hmm. and not have the expertise that you need to have to run vanilla Kubernetes, OpenShift is the way to go. So that's they right. just called JJ at awesome.com and awesome at IBM.com, man. And, and awesome make at IBM.com. Make it happen. Um, <laughs> so, but I think, of course, though, you know, on the loser side, I think it's sort of like, you know, probably anybody that's really invested in Tanzu, yes. right? Yes. It's a little, at least going to be a few, a few months before we figure out what's going on there. I have a lot of friends on that side, and um, I haven't, I mean, obviously, this was all just questions, like, over the last couple of days, and now that happened this morning. I'm definitely going to go get some coffee with some of them and have like, mm -hmm. let's have a heart to heart because this is, this is bonkers. This well, is I will bonkers. say there's probably, <laughs> um, after this weekend, then probably everyone at VMware is like sort of digest this and has a great Memorial Day weekend. Uh, and so, so my question would be when they come back, I wonder how many start their next, start thinking about their next startup, That's right? Will there be, uh, so, especially on the Kubernetes side there, yep. there's a lot of talented Kubernetes people uh, on that side. Joe Do there. you, or maybe you're going to get there. But what about the customer side? Do you think they'll start backing away and switching no. the other things? The, no. Um, I think I think the customers. The, this this is um, this is probably so divorced from where the customers are because mm -hmm. they've already bought into the, the technology. They've already bought into this. They don't see. They're as much as I would but love. Trapped. Yeah. As as much as I would love to have the idea that you can choose whatever. Um, fighter you are in Street Fighter, I guess. Sure, let's go with that. Sure. Um, you, as soon as you pick, you know, 
Ryu. I'm really stretching yeah, this metaphor. Yeah, I mean, I'm going. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're there. <laughs> yeah. As soon as you pick Ryu, you're going to be using Ryu for the rest of the time. Because, and these customers with VMware are going to be in this space. They're not going to care. Yeah, okay, they might have some CA consultants come in instead of Accenture this time now because it's be cheaper for this one line item now going to Broadcom. That, that, there it is again. I, I'm, I'm starting to, I'm starting to you, unravel you this. You're starting to figure it out, I'm right? I'm starting to figure this out. Like one but single Salesforce. Yeah. But, but because it's Broadcom, they're actually listening in on all the conversations. So That's Perfect. Right. I love it. No, I, I definitely <laughs> think as a VMware customer committed to any of their like current or legacy products, I think you feel fine. I yeah. think the Broadcom is going, that you, Broadcom is going to explicitly take care of that yeah. among everything else. I think if you were buying the newest product from VMware today, you may want to think, you just want to like Pump those brakes. see how invested they are. At least it's going to be a little, take a little time to yeah. figure that out. So, um, all right. Well, most importantly, we appreciate this happening because it's great podcast exactly. uh, content. And exactly. I, I look forward, uh, I really hope somebody you know, bids on them and that, we'll talk about that next week. That'll be go. a great show. All right. Well, as we wrap up here, um, you know, we always do either a couple things, either final thoughts or recommendations. It doesn't have to be anything related uh, to the conference or, you know, just something you think people should know about. So let's start with uh, JJ. You got a recommendation or a final thought? I actually do have a recommendation. Mm -hmm. So I get in, I get into the deeps and de the bowels of Netflix. Okay. Right? For whatever reason, <laughs> so you're the one. Some, you're the one that's I, way down there. I'm way down. Is this there. why okay. my home screen is all like jibber right. jabber yeah, crap I didn't know about? It's it's cr I, I get some really weird suggestions. Are you watching the badly dubbed uh, movies on Netflix? Sometimes. The, Sometimes. It is your fault. Yeah, Please I, continue. I, uh -huh. Okay. So for some reason, recently. There's a show from 2016 that popped up on my my, uh, my Netflix called Between. Okay. Okay. B e t w e e n. Between. It is about. They don't say it's actually in Canada, but it's very obviously in Canada. A virus breaks out, and they have mm -hmm. to quarantine this 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 little this little town, and anyone over the age of 22 dies. Okay. So now it's like a, a Lord of the Flies kind of situation. And this was done in 2016, so obviously with the world we live in now, right? it's, uh, a, it's, a yeah. little, it's a little hits home a little well. But the reason why I recommend it is that normally on TV shows, like if something bad happens, they like pan away. Like, oh God, some kid got hit by a car. Like you hear the crash and then uh -huh. they pan away and you see like somebody crying. This show, they actually show the kid getting hit. It's weird. It's like mm -hmm. so visceral. And this, and this is, you're recommending this? Yes, I am. Okay, be, all right, just to be clear. Be, uh -huh. Because. This is as bonkers as uh, <laughs> is, uh huh. Well, the, the reason why I'm recommending it is because it's so not what we watch nowadays. It's a perfect microcosm of some mm. um, survival horrorist okay. coming up with a television show and being able to just run wild. All right. And if you can find it between, it's on Netflix. Between on Netflix? It is really crazy. I don't know if you want to find it or make sure you never watch it, but I'm going to let that the listener figure it out. Alright, what about, uh, as, as we hear a uh, happy birthday as we close out. Um, Brett, what about you? Recommendation? Final thought from the conference here? Stun silence? Stun silence. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, looking for great speakers. So. Looking for great speakers? Looking for great speakers. Buy some tickets. Alright. <laughs> I was waiting for you to get there. I was there like, you go. Yeah, Alright. Clark, what about you? Um, what, what are your... Uh, I just in the theme of what this whole week has been, I would say invest in yourself or invest nice. in others to invest right. in yourself. Nice. So. It seems good. That's a good maybe uh, message to the VMware yeah. crew. Invest in yourself. Hey. Not, <laughs> everything else. So, yeah, all right. I mean, take a little time. Um, 
Well, I was going to recommend, because like, there was so much crazy financial stuff going on with uh, Dell and VMware, I read this book called The Bond King, mm-hmm. which is about uh, Bill Gross, who like, kind of invented bond trading. And Bill Gross seems to be completely crazy. Okay. And the book is about um, the rise of bond trading, kind of his career, and just like all the craziness that happened. So mm-hmm. if you're interested in the, like uh, narrative nonfiction, you should check out The Bond King. And uh, I don't know, it just maybe just kind of shows you, even people that make, uh, I think he's worth billions of dollars as well, they can be pretty unusual people. It <laughs> was my, my biggest takeaway. What? Uh, <laughs> all right, well, here we're going to wrap up, and then we'll take at least one audience question. I did want to recognize Michael. You know, he's our, uh, from, came all the way from Birmingham, Alabama. That's right. True. Roll Tide, War Eagle, as we like to say. Uh, although he doesn't, he, he doesn't represent either sure. one of those, to be clear. want to uh, thank him for coming out and watching the show. And hopefully we'll do more future events like mm-hmm. this. And, you know, it's always fun to, like, meet people in person. Okay. And so with that, we'll talk to you next time. All right, so let, let's let's get let's, let's go around real quick. So JJ, what do you think? let me just repeat it so everyone can hear it uh, on the stream and at home. So basically, do we think this is a sign of these like mega acquisitions followed by a lot of cost cuts, cutting? Do we think that's uh, going to happen more? Go ahead, JJ. What are, what are your thoughts? Yes. Like, do you think this, it's gone ahead? This is the world we live in now, mm-hmm. and as much as we want to argue about how the stock market doesn't represent what the world we live in or what all that stuff is, we are going to an economic downturn. What happens? We turtle. What happens? People come out of the woodwork with massive amounts of cash. They're like, give me so right. I can sell it off when the economy turns around. Okay, so you think yes. Clark, what, what are your thoughts? He mentioned the human capital side of things, and I actually think there's so much opportunity in tech um, that it's probably a good thing to help mm. other industry grow um, and, and relinquish some of that capital to the rest of things that are hurting trying to get capital. Mm-hmm. So, and without that, you can't get innovation to get growth to push. So while, sure, things will continue to be bought and sold, I don't know, like, they're, they become at a level of, like, who gives a shit anymore, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. do we, you know, the argument of Twitter being bought right now, like, who really fucking cares? Mm-hmm. Like, great, great, so what? Yeah. If you mm-hmm. turned off, we would just use something else. Something else would have come right? All right, I'm Brett, right any thoughts on, like, <laughs> sign of things to come? <laughs> Or, uh, you're gonna absolutely. put that in I think we'll be seeing a lot more of it. <laughs> a lot more of it? Yeah. Right, well, I'll, I'll take it. I'll kind of conclude on this. Like, I do think in the near term, I think it is a sign of things to come, but I do um, feel like it's just more cyclical, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there is an economic uh, downturn. I think people, especially investment bankers and things, like, see deals to be had. I think they're gonna do it, but things always turn. I don't know when. I wish I did, but like, there will be, like, as, as I was saying here, like, I'm sure some people at VMware a group there or at Twitter will leave mm-hmm. and maybe go work in other industries yeah. or maybe start some new things and, you know, the cycle will continue. Yeah. So um, I'm not as maybe... Yeah, there's uh, no shortage of work. That's what I was going to say. I don't, I'm not as sort of like, I don't feel like it's like doomsday will never change, but I do think in the near term it, it probably will be a little bit like that. So, Michael, thank you very much for the question and uh, I hope the stream worked. I'll just say I hope yeah. it worked. I hope everyone enjoyed it and I really want to thank uh, you guys for having us up here. It's been yeah. fun. Like, you know, we've, for being here. We don't normally have quite this kind mm-hmm. of setup, the lights and everything, so it's been really fun. I was so. quite happy you can make it out. It's All a right. shame that uh, Cote and Matt Next time, like next did, like year, we're gonna, I, I told them another day, next year we'll try to get everybody here <laughs> and we'll do some more. So. We'll All polish right. the trees up. We'll find there you it. go. All right, thanks for everyone watching and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Now I have-